You're listening to Living with Louie. Well, as promised, I wanted to uh, begin this podcast with sharing my story, and it's really not unlike a lot of the stories that I see on uh, various Facebook uh, feeds and whatnot affecting other people with uh, Louie body dementia. My official diagnosis came in uh, September 7th of 2022, but there were a lot of things looking back that were uh, certainly letting us know that something wasn't right. and We weren't just quite getting the answers nailed down. 2020, when the pandemic started, uh, I lost my job. I was a risk manager for a large government agency. They uh, they said that uh, in their notes to the folks at uh, based on employment, they, their notes said that I was having a difficult time staying on task and completing tasks on time. They didn't really see that in my day-to-day work. And I'd never had an, any type of evaluation that was negative, never had any type of disciplinary action taken against me. However, I guess in uh, in this state they're they're at will, so they can they can let you go for really no reason. But it, I found it kind of interesting when I ran across the notes in the unemployment uh, screens. Uh, just um, looking back and and thinking about how things were here at home. Home, I was having difficulty staying on task. It was uh, difficult for me to things around and go, well, what in the world was I doing? And uh, just a lot of confusion. Then uh, we started having uh, balance issues where I had started off with me needing um, pain occasionally. Now I pretty much use a cane most of the time. Uh at any rate, the balance issues uh, forced me to give up one of the loves of my life, which was riding motorcycles. And uh, anyone that rides one knows that if you don't have balance, uh, you got a problem. So we uh, we discussed it, and uh, I went ahead and sold my motorcycle. As uh, things started to be taken from me that I loved in my life, I liked my work. I enjoyed uh, the work that I did. That uh, that was no longer my motorcycle riding was no longer and uh, things were just changing drastically then I started having uh, some uh, hallucinations and uh, you know you, you start wondering what's going on you feel like you're just absolutely losing your grip on reality I guess maybe to a degree you are but as uh, my independence continued to be attacked it became uh, more and more difficult to uh, to swallow, and nobody had answers. Uh, my neurologist was saying, "Well, perhaps it's uh, Parkinson's. Uh, maybe you have a little dementia." And so uh, finally, they ran some more advanced tests. They referred me to John Hopkins Hospital, September seventh of twenty twenty two, and the. The neurologist that I was seeing had suspected Lewy body, and after MRI showed 
damage into the front temporal lobes of my brain. John Hopkins in September of 2022 confirmed what she thought that in fact that I had Lewy body. I know that's uh, this started um, and I think kind of got masked because I went through a bout with cancer in 2017 and a lot of radiation. At the end of that, there was uh, there was a diagnosis of Laramites, which is a little bit of uh, an eruption of the communications that take place in the back of your brain area. So things started to uh, deteriorate as the balance continued. Um, I started to experience these uh, episodes of, of what I call fog. You just feel like you're totally detached from the reality of where you are. You're like you're floating out there in, in the world and you're not really present. Um, and I'm sure that other people that live with Louis Body uh, can certainly relate to what I'm trying to describe. At one point, I was traveling to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and uh, I'm down the eastern shore of Virginia, and all of a sudden I'm being pulled over, and the officer said that I was going 96 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. I'm like, what? I never drove that fast. I, did I exceed the speed limit from time to time? You betcha, who doesn't, okay? But never do I drive at that kind of a speed. Looking back on that event, which uh, was uh, very unpleasant, but at any rate, I, I feel like I had fallen into uh, that foggy, daydreamy state and was probably totally removed from the reality of what I was doing driving this car down the eastern shore of Virginia and uh, totally lost track of what speed I was going, all of it. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, so I look back at these types of things that have happened and, uh, and look at what the symptoms are and, and what, the, what, the, what I experienced and the more I've learned I honestly think that that was uh, some of the early signs of the uh, of the fog taking uh, taking over and, and fogging what uh, what I wanted to uh, what you should be concentrating on. At any rate, I've also been talking with my siblings, which I happen to have be blessed to have eight wonderful brothers and sisters. When I look back uh, and was talking with them. They could see a, a difference in every aspect of what was happening. So, like many of you that I've seen um, that post your stories, I went through um, a long period of, of decline in various aspects before someone finally put all the pieces together and said, yep, it's Louis body. So, that when I got the diagnosis and I read just a little bit about it, I really didn't have a lot of education about uh, Lewy body dementia. But the, um, the prognosis that you see and you read about are, are not real favorable. And I think I sunk into a very a deep kind of depression because I lost so much of my independence 
and yet there were little answers. And finally, when the answers came, it's a hard pill to swallow. And it is um, kind of like grieving for, for the loss of someone. It's, uh, I was grieving, I think, with the loss of all of these things that I was able to do before. That, uh, that's very difficult. And when you are now, you know, kind of at a, at a point where you know, people are wondering what's going on, I started having things mess up like cook breakfast and leave the pan on, uh, things like that, uh, things that were not uh, necessarily uh, safe. And I, when I look at that, I just say, yeah, you know, we've, we've made some steps here, and a lot of them uh, were suggested by some of my therapy team to maintain at least some independence in the house so that I didn't have to become dependent on a, on a caretaker, which would be my wife. You know, this has been very difficult for her. You see the frustration on her face. And as we got the diagnosis, one afternoon I had some uh, invaders in my garden, which I don't care for. But at any rate, uh, these little squirrels were uh, having their way with uh, what vegetables we were able to uh, grow. And um, so I was going to give them a little warning with uh, Papa my pellet gun. At any rate, I also had in the house a 9 millimeter. Well, at that time, I did not know it, but I've since found out. Uh, as I went looking for the pellets for the pellet gun, couldn't find them. Where are they? And I'm going through the house, and I'm looking, and then I thought, well, gee, maybe they're in the closet where I keep my 9 millimeter. I go into the closet. My 9 millimeter is not there. Now I start wondering, okay, what have I done with um, something uh, as sensitive as a 9mm. I have my granddaughter coming here on a regular basis, and so I was confused and looking for it, and finally I, uh, I was talking with, uh, with my son. He said, well, well, Dad, you can't find it because uh, I have it. Well, he had visited, I don't know, a week or so before, Unbeknownst to me, my wife wanted it removed from the house because she was afraid that maybe this depression that I was experiencing would lead to me wanting to harm myself. And I understand why she did it. She did it because she loves me. How can you complain about that? I mean, my goodness. So at any rate, she told me that she had given it to my son. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm not upset that you did it. I'm a little upset that you didn't tell me because um, it did throw me into a little bit of a panic mode. I understand why she did it. I just asked her to, that if she was going to do things like that in the future, please take a, a, and let me know. And I understand that she probably didn't want any type of confrontation with me over this issue. And I appreciate that. I also feel like knowing what happened would have prevented me going through this panic state of ripping the house apart and trying to figure it out. Since we know that we've known about my Louis body, I have read a number of things about it. I've certainly part of a Facebook group that uh, I read other people's stories. And I started to realize that, you know what? You're not alone. There's a lot of people out there that are experiencing the same things that you are 
or similar things to what I was. It's not not the easiest thing uh, to to live with. However, I have learned through the education process, through working with a therapy team, that there are things that I can kind of fight back against. And uh, some of that is uh, my balance, my my speech, uh, things that uh, the therapy team have been able to work with me on have given me back some of my uh, stability and feeling uh, a little bit uh, more like I'm winning instead of um, sitting back and wallowing in an area of depression because you've lost so much of your independence. I've actually gone to the point now where I drive very, very seldom. And if I do drive, it's usually with my wife in the car so that um, if I start to have uh, much fog or whatever, uh, anything that's happening, um, sometimes spatial awareness is a big problem for me. So uh, I like having the ability to just pull over and say, honey, I just can't do this right now, so would, would you please take it? And uh, so that's kind of the rule of thumb for when I'm driving. And when I talk about spatial awareness, I'm talking about uh, being around crowds of people or uh, I always feel like there's something there like to, that will make me look and maybe overreact so is the right word that I'm looking for, the right term, I overreact to things that are happening around me. And that seems to happen quite frequently. And uh, so I, I really don't like going out to uh, places like the uh, grocery store too much or you know, any place where I'm going to be around uh, a lot of people. I overreact sometimes to what's happening in traffic situations when my wife is driving the car. Now, I feel perfectly safe with my wife. She's a great driver, but um, I do tend to uh, overreact to some of those things. One of the things that also, I think, uh, hurts, and uh, I'm not sure that everyone can relate to this, but it, 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 it's, uh, it's painful to watch my wife, as we go through this journey together, watching the frustration, hearing the frustration in her voice. Uh, sometimes she forgets, or that this is me. This is who I am now. And uh, that uh, I'm not trying to do something on purpose. I, and sometimes she'll ask me about a conversation that we had, and I don't remember any of it. And uh, so she's kind of uh, gotten to the point now where she can um, say, all right, and just start and tell me again um, without uh, getting frustrated about having to do that. She also has uh, learned to recognize when my stress level is going up and we're out someplace, and uh, she... She just uh, comforts me. She'll grab my hand and say, hey, honey, it's okay. And that's been a, a big help. Uh, just to have that comfort uh, is, uh, is priceless. So at any rate, uh, 
that's uh, watching her go through this journey um, is painful as well. So I think that uh, not only do I have Louie body, my family, my loved ones, they have it too. They're sharing in this journey. My, my wife especially, I mean, my goodness, uh, she just loves me unconditionally to the moon and back. She's here to support me no matter what. And uh, she doesn't really uh, think about anything other than the fact that we're still together and we're blessed to have every day. So I guess uh, you know one of the things that I wanted to, to do here with this, starting this podcast, was to let some of you uh, go ahead and share your story, tell your story, share your frustration, and uh, let your caregivers uh, tell their stories, uh, because that may help other caregivers. Uh, certainly, um, in the future, we're going to be bringing on some of uh, my therapy team to discuss some of the things that they found when they first started working with me versus where we are today and, uh, and what we're doing. And what's interesting is that the therapy team is learning from me, and I'm learning from them. One of the things that they constantly tell me is that I have the ability to articulate to them how I'm feeling, what's happening. So they, uh, they work on whatever the problem of the hour is, if you will, because as you know, with Louie body, you don't know what you got till you get out of bed, and that might change before you have lunch. And so it can change very rapidly. Uh, for me, the fog uh, can come in and be just really thick at times. And other times it's, it's there, but it's not. I'm not feeling like I'm overly overwhelmed with that fog. So I'd like for uh, people to be able to share their stories because, you know, I think that when you first get diagnosed and you're, you're reading some of the stuff that you can find on the internet, which I think the internet can be a great tool at times, but at other times I think it'd uh, be a dangerous thing to read too much, and uh, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, if you will. Um, I would like to uh, invite you to tell your story and invite you to share, because uh, what when someone listens to your story, and I can only say this from experience of reading other people's stories and whatnot, you start to find out that you're not alone, and, and you start to see what uh, other people describe, what they're going through, and you, you realize, hey, that, that sounds familiar. It's not just... And so uh, I think that uh, when you start uh, to, to talk about it, and to uh, to hear other stories, it's it helps to uh, leave to, to deal with the day to day ups and downs that you go through when you have Louis body. So I think that uh, I'd also like to give uh, people an opportunity to share their successes, uh, share some of the things that have worked for them. Uh, some of the strategies that they use in coping with uh, various parts of Louis body. Also, caregivers, what do they find that uh, works for them? I know that uh, celebrating successes 
is every bit as important as any of it. Uh, the small victories that you get, you need to hold on to those because uh, they are victories and they, and they need to be held on to and they need to be shared. And people need to hear uh, that, that they're A, they're not alone. B, there are successes, uh, success stories. There are people who are, uh, are leading a fairly uh, full life with Louis body and uh, they're doing it for longer periods of time. And I think that that's, um, that's something that needs to be shared and people need to hear, especially those that are initially diagnosed. You just feel so alone. And I think that telling your story, sharing successes is important. And uh, so I invite you to, to, to come on to this podcast and share I know I said at the beginning of this that I wanted to share my story, but one of the things that I have noticed as I start to put my thoughts down onto the podcast is that my recollection of everything that's, that transpired is, um, is limited. And uh, so I will be having my daughter uh, be joining me to explain uh, help me to recall some of the things that uh that maybe i don't that i'm not readily able to so uh my daughter abby uh, benzen will be joining me to uh help uh, the recollection and also to share the parts of my I'm, of my story that she remembers and one of the, and the things that affected her uh so uh, hopefully you'll be looking forward to that and like I said, uh, we certainly invite caretakers, family members, certainly those with Louis body, therapists, anyone that, that has information that they want to share or a story that they want to share uh, concerning Louis body, uh, you're welcome to, to, to join us. If you're interested in sharing your story, Please go to the Living with Louie podcast on Facebook and you can go into the about information and find my contact information. You can contact me via email or my phone number is also listed there. Um, please feel free to contact me and we'll get you scheduled. So thank you very much. We'd like to thank you for joining us for this edition of Living with Louie. 